Yes, as you can see, we are going to talk about practical insight from successful community health and development programs. Uh, these experiences, uh, those practic uh, the, the insight will be taken from the Horn of Africa, uh, Somaliland. But before we go to that, I would like to introduce myself. And if you look at the, the timetable, the name, the, the person who was supposed to speak about this session, on this session, his name is Yared McConen. He's my colleague. He was not able to make it. We, before, uh, he had uh, a few uh, things that uh, held him. And since I was here, then I, I had to come in, because we have, with the, in the same program, uh, he's my colleague. And he was supposed to, to speak on Ethiopia, if you read the, the website, but I'm speaking on Somaliland, the same region, the same uh, programs, and uh, the, same, uh, the same insight. Yeah, my name, as you can see, is uh, Victor Nkebanyi. I'm from the Congo, uh, DRC, um, and I... I had, uh, I'm, I'm born of ten children, uh, we are ten siblings, my parents are still alive, my father is now 100 years old, yeah, and my mom is uh, around 86, uh, they are still strong, <laughs> yeah, and I'm married, have five kids. Yeah, three boys and two girls. Yeah, I had the calling when I, after getting saved, after knowing Jesus, I, I felt the calling and I uh, felt I should go to work with communities, especially those that they call unreached communities. And the community that came to my mind that I felt the Lord was leading me to was the Somali community. But in Congo, <laughs> there are no Somalis. Then I had to go where they are. In 94, I went to Kenya uh, to, to see them, because they were in big numbers from Somalia, because they fled from the war, and also other Somali Kenyans. Yeah, there are many. In fact, I met uh, millions of them. In 94, then I went there and uh, started working among them. It wasn't easy, those who know Somalis. It is not easy to really begin interact with them. Unless you are business, a business person, if you do business, it will be easy for you to get Somalis. Because they, they, they like business. Or provide a service that they need. <laughs> In that case... I prayed and the Lord led me to start uh, a school. But after consultation with a few of them, we agreed to begin a school in Nairobi. And I had, uh, we began with the literacy program, adult education. Yeah, I had a good number of them who we were able to train more than 3,000 of the Somalis. And also we were able to share the gospel with them. And a few them, of them came to Jesus. Um, <clears throat> in 2003, we expanded the program to 
Somalia, the part, the northwest, northwest part of Somalia that is known as Somaliland. It is a self-declared independent. It is a region that they work as an independent country now. They are not accepted yet by the international community as a country, but they are operating. It is, uh, it is good. Yeah, and there I worked first with the, the Pentecostal Foreign Mission of Norway, yeah. having such an organization in Somalia. It, the name itself, I remember when I was going for registration, they were asking, what is Pentecostal? Pentecostal, what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to try to go to the Greek word. This is something 50, 50 something. And then, I, I, since I already knew them, I tried to, 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 to hide it. And I had already made friends uh, among the leaders. They didn't bother much about uh, uh, following up what it means. And then to, to go to the district. <laughs> yeah, and after, in 2012, I joined Life in Abundance, and Life in Abundance uh, was, is doing almost the same as we were doing with the Pentecostal Foreign Mission of Norway. And I was much attracted by the, the vision and their practice, the way they enter communities. I was so much attracted, and then joined after talking, I joined. This is the mission, the vision, that they, the poor and vulnerable, may have life, and have it in, aban uh, in abundance. This is the, the, the verse that <clears throat> the Lord gave to the founder of the organization. Who is here? He's having a session, in one of these uh, breakout sessions. And the mission to empower churches to serve the poor using a holistic approach for community transformation. This, our mission is, we don't uh, normally go to community directly, we go to the community through churches. We give the, cap church the capacity they need so that they can be able to do development or transformation that is needed within their communities. And, uh, of course, we have a model. The main program, we are centered on uh, vulnerable child children and families and other programs in education, health, also what we call social engagement, and uh, economic empowerment, they go around the, the OVC, those vulnerable groups, because we initiate that and then uh, other programs can come to support it. Yeah, and uh, with uh, my experience, uh, by the way, bear with me with English. This English is my 11th language. <laughs> I speak those African small, small languages and French. Sometimes I think in French or in the other language, and when I say it in English, it changes the meaning. <laughs> yeah. But bear with me. I will try to be closer to the meaning as possible. <laughs> yeah. And um, as I said, the, with my, my experience with the, during my working time, I've been working in several countries. Um, I found that most, most of organizations, not most, many, I can say, have well-written vision and mission. 
statements. But when it comes to implementation of those, they do something different. And it, it really uh, hurts instead of building. And then, before uh, continuing, I will begin by uh, telling you two stories. And then, if you saw at the beginning, I experiences on community dots in Somaliland. I would like you to tell me what it is after the stories. The first story, this is in a village in Somaliland. We were passing, we saw a school, a building on a hill. And then we, we, we asked what the, school, the, 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 the building was for. They said it was a school because we didn't see children in that, uh, in, in that area. And uh, as we were going, that was with the, 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 the Pentecostal Foreign Mission of Norway. In the, it was close to a village, a small town where we, were st we had an office. And we, as we were passing, the after two, three years working in the area, the community came to our office and they wanted a school. And since we were co working with the Ministry of Education, and we said, but the ministry told us, the minister told us, you have a school there. Say, no, we don't have a school. And why? why? But we see a, a school building, because we had already asked. Say, no, that is not a school. And then what happened, there was a organi Christian organization, in fact, a mission organization that went to Somaliland, went to the village, saw the need, they saw there was no school, children were learning under trees, or sitting under trees on stones, this, this is a good place to build a school. They just around, looked around, found a place, they built the school, and then they told the, the chief and the communities, here is a building you can use uh, for the, the, school, the, the, the school classes. And nobody went there. And then, then when we were discussed, they came to us to ask for a school. We told them, you have a school? I said, no. Why? No, that bill belong, the building belongs to an organization. We don't know where it came from. And they put their building there. We don't know why they put it there. And then we went to see. There were only animal dance. The camels were enjoying the building. And then when we asked... After that, then we, we went to the minister, we talked with him, the community, and they said, yes, there is, a, there is a, a, a church organization or a Christian organization that came and started, the, built the building. And then we went back and sat with the, communi the community, the chief called uh, the members of the community, we sat with them, we talked, they said, no. Those people came and put their building there, but it is not where we wanted the building to be. It is here where we wanted the school to, to be built. Okay. And then he said, if you, you are different from those people, if you are good people, listen to what we were telling you. Come and help us and put us a building, a, a building for us here. Okay. And then, and then he said, the chief said, after discussing and agreeing, said, then we have discussed, and I will, I give you 9% of what you have said. 
and I will give you the 10% after you have built the, what I said here. Because there are many people who came, we gave them a list of things, but they went back, they never came back. And then, that is one story. The second story is about, this has happened in Congo. In fact, this is in my own village. The government uh, officials from the, the public health ministry, they came to our village, in fact, with other, to other villages. They ordered people to build pit latrines. And my community didn't use pit latrines. They went in the bush for their needs. It was a, a shameful. It was a, a people, you could be called a name if you went for your needs in the same place. It was shameful. It was, uh, it was not good. It was not accepted culturally. And then the, here comes the government official who orders to build pit latrines. And since people were afraid of being arrested, many of them were able to build. I remember my uncle building one, digging one, just a shallow one because what was needed is to see something is built there. And then he even didn't leave a door because he built just one, closed it completely. And then was telling, he left a place where he could cut, in fact he built, he could remove as, uh, to enter. And then he told us, if I see any child getting in that house, I will cut your leg. And only he opened it when he heard that the officials from the government were coming to check. And then opened it for, 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 for them, they could see. And then, people didn't understand why we should be, build these uh, the, the pit latrines, in, in fact, in the village. And people should go and throw those things far from the village. And then here, um, one of the community, for somebody from my community, in fact, this is, is my own brother. He's a medical doctor, and also he has a degree in public health. When he came back from school, he understood it, called the community members, told them the consequence of going in the bush. And told them, if you go in the bush, the problem we have in our stomach, the worms, when you go in the bush, the rain comes, it takes in the river, it is the river that we take water, we drink. And if everyone is suffering from the stomach problem, where it comes from? Everyone was surprised. Everyone was, in fact, the whole village, each household built their own pit latrine. And they, if they could see someone going in the bush, <laughs> they dealt with him seriously. You are the one who want to kill us. <laughs> and then, now, that, those are the stories. Uh, with my, I have so many of such stories after working in almost 12 countries with communities. Now, if we go back to my, my title here, my experiences on community work in Somaliland, what, what would be, what do you learn about these uh, stories? Yes? Don't determine the need for the community. Let the community tell you what they need. Okay, thank you very much. Don't tell 
the, uh, the community what they need, but let them tell you. Who else? Yeah, listening to the people. Exactly. Uh-huh. Use, use a cultural context to explain if there's a problem. Yeah. Yes. What, what you said, what in general, what can we tell, we talk about in one word, for example, if someone feels those talking with communities, those listening to them, what in, in one word? Right. Exactly. Participation. This is what I wanted us to, to talk about. Yeah, this is what I... Yeah, we talk about um, uh, participation, community participation. And then, what is, if, for you, uh, to you, what is community participation? How do you understand by community participation? Listening to their felt needs. Okay. Yeah. Getting them to help out with doing whatever you know, needs to be done. Getting them uh-huh. to participate uh-huh. in getting whatever the need that they have. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Getting them to participate. But these days I'm trying with experience to change the the, the, the participation as it is defined in the communities uh, before. People tend to think they are the ones to participate, but it is the organization that should participate because they are the ones who need the, the development, the change. Someone should join them to participate, to participate in their development. If they participate, then we tell them what to do. But if we participate, they tell us what to, to work with them, to do with them. Yeah. Um, in most cases, organizations, uh, when they go to communities, they don't give much priority on, on the, the community needs. They want to give priority to their own needs, their own programs, instead of dealing with communities. And successful uh, community development does not necessarily depend on how much you have or the quality of staff you have. No, that it is part of it, but not necessarily depending on that. My experience with all the 12 countries I worked in and almost 20 years uh, of uh, working with communities, I uh, came to understand that normally, in fact, when the budget is increasing, the quality sometimes goes down because it attracts those who don't have the passion for development it attracts those who want to get money, be paid well, but not really do development. So, but the budget is not necessarily the key for transformation. Even the, 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 the number of the highly qualified staff, it is not the key. The mainly, we will see then, yeah, uh, but mainly if we, are, we have the calling God-given that drive from, from God, or the passion to see people transformed. 
then you can use the little you have to be able to transform. Of course, you, sometimes you may need big budget, depending on the programs, but not necessarily um, the, the big budget. Why are we engaged in community development? Then participation of beneficiary community in the terms that I have said, where organizations participate in community development, not community participating in organization development, uh, is a key to sustainable community development. And then the role of the organization in development programs, what should, should be the role of organizations? And then we have some indicators uh, of success in community development, what you can look at. If you see that happen, then there is a success. Not all, but uh, in fact, as behind LIN, the PYM successes in those, uh, in those places. We also met challenges that I will share a bit, and also how do we engage in community development so that it is successful. Yeah, why are we engaged in uh, community development? Um, there are different motives. There are some creating to create their employment. We know many organizations or individuals, they want to go and find a job. Then they, that's their target. If, and they can be successful in getting their job, employment. Then they don't care about the, the group. Or if it is an organization, building the organization. I know really some organizations that were started because people were not employed. They came together. How can we? Then they formed an organization to create the employment. Other organizations that are there, they want to build their name. And they do programs, programs. They go and build things and do things some in communities. And they make photos, photos, and then, and then report, report, report. In outside world, people see us great organization. But when you go to the ground, there's nothing. Yeah. Uh, even some, I have a lot of stories that uh, I could share, but uh, I will share just, uh, I have shared those two. Uh, for example, we built a school, an organization that was doing nothing, wanted just to publicize, comes with a signpost, put at the school with a camera, with his, uh, the team. Then when the community saw them, they wanted to, to come and Deal with them. They took everything. They left. They had already taken the photos themselves, and this was used for their reporting that they build the schools. It happens. Those, internet, especially international organizations that go to those poor countries, this is, some of them do the same, do like that. And some have, of course, the passion for community transformation. This is one of the, the, the best uh, things. When you want to see that you need to see change, people living a better way, in a better way. That is a good, a good, a good reason. Or compelled by God's calling. Like LIA, uh, when uh, Dr. Florence was uh, uh, called, it is the Lord who told him, go and uh, do uh, community development through churches so that people will have life and have it in fullness. That is with her passion. If you see her, she's a simple person. In fact, she uses even what she has, her own properties. Because her passion is God who sent her to do it. 
he, she uses all means, right means, of course, to do development. And then some who can be, can have good motive, but use wrong strategy, then it can fail. So uh, it, uh, um, yeah, wrong motive, wrong strategy. That is out of, <laughs> or wrong motives, right strategy. Sometimes can work with if you want to be, if I have your own employment. If you use the right strategy, you can still help. But finally, one day the truth will come up, and then things will be known. And also, right motive, uh, wrong strategy. You may have the passion, but if you use also the wrong uh, strategy as the mission organization with the school, they came just put the school there without uh, seeking the, 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 the participation of the, the, the community. Then they, it, was, it was real a failure. They never used the, the school until it broke down. The camels used it until it was destroyed. Right motive, right uh, strategy. That is godly. Beneficiary communities... Uh, Participation are key to sustainable development. Participation requires decision-making of the community themselves, people themselves. This is the village I have told you. If the church came and the organization came and sat with the people, listened to people, and do what the people wanted, the school they could have, we could not, the school not, could not have built twice because they didn't do it. Then, uh, we were given 100% uh, after building the school. In fact, it was a boom. The, even from other village ar villages around, send their children. The, ch the school, it was a small village, but the school has more than 300 children. We only built a, a, a few classrooms. They were all packed. The, we, the, the, there is another organization that the minister, ministry asked to build more classrooms because it was in the right place. And participation uh, in the cost of implementation of programs. Sometimes we harm than, uh, than help. We go to the community, we see them as poor, and they cannot do anything. But it is not true. They have something. I have another story. I was in Norway one time. It is, Spuntland is part of Somalia. They wanted to build water catchment. And they made an application to the Norwegian, to the same organization, the Pentecostal Foreign Mission of Norway, to come and help them. They wrote that they had nothing. And this was being written by a Somali living in, in Norway. He had already the, 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 the high living uh, way. And they asked me to check their proposal. When I checked, I said, no, 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 this is not possible. And I asked him, what do, you, how do, what do you use to build the, the water catchment? They see the cement, the sand, the stones, and then the water. Okay. Do you mean you don't have sand? Yeah, the whole land is sand. Do you not, <laughs> do you not have stones? Everywhere, all mountains are stones. And then, why do you, do you say that you don't have resources? In fact, the, the, the project came, they raised 70% of the project, the cost. And the, the organization was to give 30% of the, the costs. They paid for the cement. They paid some of Because they, they also had people who know how to build it. They raised most of it. When we go, what do they have? We can build on that. You remember when, uh, when uh, uh, God was calling Moses. He said, what do you have in your hands? Only a stick. It is the stick that God used. 
to deliver the, the, all the, 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 the whole nation. What they, they have, they should build on, on that. The Lalais, in this the community we built at the school, for them, they, in the same meeting that same day, they said, we will contribute 30% by collecting stone, collecting, uh, bringing water, and also offering labor, free labor. The um, uh, participation in selecting target group. Normally, um, we, 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 here, LIA, we don't have uh, churches in Somalia, but LIA should go through churches. But since there is no church, we went through community leadership. And this there themselves. We tried to, 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 to find a community, a group of people. They said if you select that one community, because there is a group that they, almost everyone look, look down on. It is a part of the community. Then we said we will focus on this most vulnerable. Said no, if you focus, it will create more problem to them than solving. Mix, in fact, mixing them from people from different groups will bring them together and lift up their dignity. Okay. And the community leaders themselves were able to select people, children from um, different groups. And that, when then we established a school, a center for training them. And we train the, 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 the children and also train their parents so that one, at, at the end of the year, they will be able to take care of their children, not depending on us. Participation in selection of committees. Sometimes, organization we go, we have friends within the community, and then we just bring those people we give to the community. This will be in lead, will be leading the program. And then, and yet those people are not accepted in the community, especially those people who are not accepted. They are the first to come to relate to foreign organization, so they create uh, their employment. And then the, the foreigners tend to feel these are the right people, but that is not true. Most of the time, uh, the, the, the community should know their people very well, better than us. Participation in community needs identification and prioritization. This, um, uh, we had a program in, in uh, training teachers. And there is a, a, a culture that was uh, introduced in many countries of incentives. You pay the trainees to be able to attend, to come to, to, to the training. That is a very wrong, wrong approach because now in Somaliland, they became professionals of attending workshops because they get money from each workshop. In fact, some didn't work. They were only looking where the next workshop is. So they go there. At the end of the month, if he has attended to uh, 10 workshops, then he has a good money for the month. So, but if it is their need, then they will really uh, work for it positively. That's what we say. We found organizations were paying $10 per, per, per trainee per day. We broke that and said we only pay transport, food, and accommodation for those who come from far. Because they don't have means to. And when they come, they need to eat. Also, they need to, a place to sleep. That, and then this became uh, the, the model for many organizations. The government forced some of the, the organization if they didn't, of course, give some money. 
Yeah, participation builds up the sense of ownership and sustainability of the change. Remember the story of the peak latrine. People didn't understand, but when they participated in decision and understanding, they owned it. And nobody, if you dare to go in the bush, you are dealt with. And some were seriously beaten because they wanted, this was more dangerous because they were almost killing, they were going to kill many people. Yeah, we, um, they decided never again to go, to, to, uh, to go use the, the bush. Never, because they understood it. Participation builds up the capacity of beneficiaries, ability to solve their own problems and meet their own needs. Sometimes, I, 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 there's an example which is not from, uh, from uh, uh, Somaliland. I went to Haiti uh, this year in June and met a group of uh, this short-term mission. They went there. I was asking them. They were f full of uh, um, paint. They said, what do you do? Oh, we came to paint a house here. Okay. Oh, where do you come from? From the U.S. Okay. You mean you from the U.S. to come and paint a house? Do you mean Haitians are not able to paint houses? And they were Young people around, more than 20. Okay, then, why did you not send only one person and come and train 100 here? So that they can do the painting of all the houses. In fact, they will train one, he will, they will train others. And then all the houses here will be painted. You pay the ticket, for the, uh, the flight from U.S. to Haiti and come back, the hotel, for only painting a house. Yeah, that's what happened. But when we build the capacity participation, and they do it, they go back, and people, they feel happy. Satisfaction. This um, wrong motive. Self-satisfaction. Self and also sometimes uh, people within participation, they live, especially in Muslim communities. Women are left. They are, they're not, um, they are not part of the, 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 the transformation. And yet, they are the backbone of the community. Once the women are really empowered, the community is strong. But people tend to leave them. And participation brings people above dependency. Once you are strong, you don't depend on others. Those who are in the in the in the in the in the uh, yesterday's uh, plenary session, he said there is a definition he gave that the poor the poor people gave. They, it was so powerful to me. It really touched me. How people? They, it is not only about the economic uh, money or material. It is dignity. Is capacity feel they are part of the community? That feeling of of, of self worth it is really part of the development. They then in that case they were able to do their own things instead of getting things from from uh, others. And I have a, 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 a story on that. But the role of the organization, what would be? LIA takes the role of a facilitator. We closely associate with churches uh, that are open with community leaders in restricted areas. Yeah, in, in churches where the, it is open for churches and all community leaders in restricted uh, communities. And then 
uh, that we use, we train them. If we found that there's something they need, we train them, and then they do. And since they know their own community, they know the really needs. That's the, what they do. Using trust, we have we have earned. We keep the background role, and we relinquish. We give as soon as people we see that the opportunity gives is there. We we leave them. We normally we don't normally go beyond three years. We don't work with communities. We believe in three years, the community will be able to take over and continue with the, their own work. And also, we serve mainly as when we need it. We are needed. We train, we mentor, we, we disciple. Uh, some people at least, we assure that the skills we, the community was uh, lacking that we have, we make sure that there are a group of people that have those skills so that they will not depend on us. Uh, start uh, doing it by themselves. Yeah, we empower, guide, and facilitate what Christ would do. That's what we feel. If he was there, what? and himself, he only used three years. Within three years, he had trained 12 and 70 and other more. That's okay, go ahead. They tried to cry, no, 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 remain, please, what? No, 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 you have enough now. They only needed to put in practice. Yeah, we create awareness on unseen harmful issues. For example, in some of uh, harmful issues, like in Somaliland, what they call female genital mutilation. They didn't perceive it as a problem, but we, we had to create that, uh, the, the awareness. And, then, and we had a, a one-day seminar with a uh, group of leaders, women. And as we, were, we, just, we, make it, we made it as inquiring, what is it about? As they told the story, we could see women crying. Tears. Because they said, because of this, almost within a hundred people, almost around between 15 and 25, at least one person died, one girl or woman died in the family because of that practice. And then they, they understood that this is not, because we had also uh, uh, um, religious leaders, they understood this was not a religious practice, and they started changing, and within 45 villages, we created the awareness, they started stopping it. In fact, we, had, we were the first people to bring NGO, local NGOs with the government together to start developing policies against FGM. And then, uh, and then later, go to the parliament to enact the law against FGM. They have, I don't know how far now they are, but it was started. Indicate, indicators of success. For me, it is like the Samaritan woman. When after talking to Jesus, she went back to the village. Come and see the man who told me what he did. When they came, they heard Jesus. They, felt, they told the woman, 42. And they told the woman, we believe now, not because of what you said, but because we ourselves have heard him, and we know that he really is the savior of the world. If they can have from you, detach from you now, they have their own understanding. They go by themselves now. And then, yeah, yeah, when the community owns both the development process and the result. Development is not about only the result of the school, but how you came to have the school. Because if you show, you give them a school, they will only have that school. But if you show, the, you teach them how to make the schools, they will build many schools because they know how to do it. 
and then can expand to um, community engagement in, in is intended and collective when they are able to come together themselves, not because of you, but themselves, when they are able to come together and work on their problems. And also can expand to ch the change to other communities. If they can sell the ideas to other communities. And the feeling of the presence of God. When God is happy, we will, he will manifest his presence. That is that. Yeah, behind the success of Eli uh, and Pim was the call that to serve, not to be served. And also the compelling vision, the great commission that to give glory to God. Prayer was there. Especially in Eli, we have a program of prayer throughout the, 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 our countries. Offices. Uh, on Mondays, prayer and fasting for all the staff. Every Monday and every morning before we start the work. Uh, the right, having the right staff, not necessarily those highly qualified, those who have the calling. Community participation and ownership of both the, the process and the result. That's what we do. We do. The capacity building of our beneficiaries, we build their capacity to be able to continue. And uh, uh, we also have clear expectations. We meet with the community. We tell them this is what we are able to do. From the beginning, they understand. They don't expect different things. This is what we are able to do. Once we train them, they can do other things. And also we have uh, supporting partners. These partners, like Southeast, they are really good partners. They understand. They don't come to dictate us. They support us on what we are doing. Yeah, the challenges, mainly the restriction of government uh, policies in restricted areas. That is a, has been a challenge. But we work with the communities and they accept us. Also, religious suspicion, they think, what do you have behind the development you have? You must be uh, intending to change our people. Of course, yes, but we don't tell them. <laughs> but we don't tell them. Yeah. <laughs> Establish systems, incentives issue, blocks real development. And also, uh, motives, different motives of people. We find people who want to work for themselves. When we try to, change, to bring about change, they fight us. Yeah. But uh, we, uh, I thank God, finally, the government and the community can see and, uh, uh, in fact, kick them out and take, uh, accept us. It also takes time. We need patience. <laughs> when you engage in community transformation, it takes uh, uh, time. It requires more resources. Yeah. I think how to do we and uh, participate, we have talked about it within the, the it is about participation. Yeah, as consider the, the, the community as the main actor and we as organization that's participating. In that case, you go with that mind, you can uh, make a change. Uh, participation of everyone and then uh, the process, uh, yeah, we have talked about that. Also build a relationship with the, with the, the communities. The facilitator's motive should be genuine, God-driven, and community-focused, not facilitator's satisfaction. The focus should be on empowering the community for sustainable change, not on relief handouts, except during disasters. Build on community resources, materials, and knowledge, and contribute what is lacking. The facilitator must progressively decrease as the community increases in capacity and abilities. And then honesty and the transparency should be. Maybe if, uh, okay, I don't know how many minutes, five minutes. Yeah, maybe we can have a comment or a question before we close.
Yes. You mentioned that um, it's important to uh, make sure that everyone, including the women, are involved in mm -hmm. the decision-making, mm -hmm. and in some communities that's easier than others. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you've seen that worked to make sure that everyone is engaged? Yeah. We, 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 let me give an example. In Somaliland, on FGM, we, we, we talked with, with, first with the women, because it was the women suffering. And then they were, as I said, they were crying, they understood the problem. And then they told their husbands, next time we called a meeting and we told them, come with your husband. And then the husband came, we had a big meeting because... In fact, the husband did not, did not fully accept the FGM because they saw their wives suffering. And they, wanted, they didn't understand what to do. They didn't know. And then here comes some, somebody who, who has already, who knows that it is wrong. And then they called, they called them. We sat with them. We discussed. We had seminars. And it was really, and then all of them joined to start fighting. In 45 villages, they really stood firm. There, is, there was even a nurse who was a girl who was brought from village to the hospital. And then women knew that the girl was cut by the nurse. They came almost demolishing the, 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 the dispensary, the, the, the clinic. Because they were so bitter. We are trying to stop this and you are trying to rebuild this. It is uh, normally, uh, they, normally the community, uh, there is some ways when you are in the, in the community, you will know how to handle the situation to be able to bring uh, together women. Yes. Just to follow up on that, mm -hmm. um, that's often seen as a religious practice. I know mm -hmm. you said it's not. Mm -hmm. um, how did you talk, did you talk with the religious leaders before the meeting or only during the meeting? Yes, we talked with them uh, we, because we knew that it was a religious practice. But we went to talk to the religious, the, those sheikhs. They said, no, those who understand Islam very well, they know very well that FGM is not a religious practice. In fact, after the seminars, some of the sheikhs were able to come up, I didn't allow my girls to be cut. But it was shameful to come up and say it because the girls would not be married. But after the campaign, they were able, free to come and say, my girl are not cut. And then it was, it helped other uh, mem community members. Yeah. Yes? Huh? One more minute. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Yes.